Though, as a church, we right through really this year, uh, as we've been able to gather, we've been looking at life in the spirit. What does it mean to be a spirit-filled people? Life. We've been looking at all sorts of areas of life, the spirit. And then over the summer, um, uh, just two or three of us were together, and we're just saying, wouldn't it be great to look at the fruit of the spirit? And uh, I was encouraged, exhorted to, to, to have others, others do that, which is great, um, and be, free, be freed from it. Um, so I hear Ashley did, did great last week, and uh, Kay is going to be speaking next week. Is it next week, Kay? Oh, we can't. who's next week? I can't remember. Justine. 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 Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's relaxing for me, isn't it? Anyway, but somebody said to me, he said, you, you've got daughters, they all, they, they're all good at speaking, aren't they? And I went, yeah, but you know, one's just got married and one's got two small children. And Anyway, but I immediately came to my mind, one of my daughters, my eldest daughter, this is Lauren, my eldest daughter, she's known as Mrs. Wagstaff, but, uh, <laughs> this is Lauren, and Lauren's going to speak to us on one of the fruits of the Spirit for a few minutes, so welcome, Lauren. Hello. Um, so I gotta get used to this. In my church, we call this the uh, Madonna mic. So it's uh, yeah, funny old thing. I shouldn't have worn earrings and glasses and a bun, and but hopefully it will stay where it's told. Um, so I always love those um, passages in the start of the New Testament books that uh, start with uh, greetings to you from. So I bring greetings to you from Tunbridge Wells, New Life Church in Tunbridge Wells. Uh, They send their love to you and wherever you're from, we send love to your churches um, and bless you. So um, yeah, I love those bits. And uh, I'll send yours back if you like. (laughs) But yeah, so I've uh, been asked to speak about love from from the section of Galatians. I'm going to come back and uh, remind us of of our bit. Uh, here we go. Uh, so yeah, we're in Galatians 5, 16. Um, and as half of us are visitors, I'm going to read it again for us this morning. But I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the spirit, and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other, to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evidence, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Now, I'm going to stop there because I've got other things to say. But you can keep on reading and uh, I encourage you. I listened to Dad two weeks ago and I listened to Ashley as well. So that's what I love about this season, isn't it? That we can literally, I can come into any one of your churches at the moment on YouTube 
and uh, join you and watch you. So, uh, yeah, I got, to, I got to join the last two weeks, which has been brilliant. And I do encourage you. Dad gave a brilliant, uh, Mark, rather, gave a brilliant overview. <laughs> you don't all call him Dad, do you? Um, <laughs> but he gave a brilliant overview, and Ashley talked to us about uh, kindness and goodness. So, um, I feel like I've got kind of, in some ways, I've got the easiest job, and, and Mark did let me uh, pick which one I wanted to do, which was handy, um, because my church have been, for the last uh, six weeks, preaching on love. So uh, when I said, which one do you want? I said, love, because I've got some stuff to pull out there. Um, and love really... Um, Ashley mentioned this last week, but it's, it's really the all-encompassing word for all the fruits of the Spirit. Because actually, if you want to know what an outworking of love in the Spirit looks like, then an overflow of love is going to come out in joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That's where we will see the outworking of love. Um, so really, I, yeah, so really those, those other passages and those other words that people are going to talk about through August, they're going to sort of outwork the, the practical of love. But I wanted to look really, really closely at this one word of love in the passage. And um, the first question I kind of asked is, is what kind of love is being talked about? Um, because it's quite a strange word when you begin to think about it and analyze it in English. Um, it's actually very strange how we use the word love, and it's probably one of the biggest spectrums that you can find in a single word. Um, I can say, I love my husband, and I mean something else entirely when I say, I love chips. <laughs> Do you remember that advert, Daddy or Chips, Daddy or Chips? Um, <laughs> Well, <laughs> I think the advert ended in chips, actually. But, um, but you know, it, English is so funny. You know, we can say, I can say I love my son. I love walking on the beach. I love a job well done. I love the colour turquoise. And uh, Ashley even pointed out last week that us English, we're very good. That could, We can even say it in a way that's actually completely backwards and negative and sarcastic uh, we're quite good at you know I'd love it if you just back off right now <laughs> oh sure I love going to the dentist <laughs> you know we 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 can use those words and we've I've just said 10 different things haven't I but the thing is English is a language of inflection and context instead of specific different words so when we come to our translations, which is what we read, we read translations, don't we? We forget that. Um, but we have to go deeper, especially with a word like love. Um, and there are lots of Greek words that translate into what we translate into one word for love. And some of them you might recognize. We've got eros, which is the romantic or the sensual love. You've got philia, which is the love for your family and your friends. This one, I, it's an unpleasant sound, but it's storge, um, which actually means nice thing. It's in affection and care for those around you. And there are two things, as I was looking at the uh, different breakdowns of the Greek words of love, 
that the, the first, the circle of influence is getting wider. So Eros, hopefully, is only for one other, <laughs> if you're getting it right. Um, so you've got, you know, one circle, you and one other for Eros. And then Philia is a little wider. It's your inner circle. It's your family, your friends. And then Storge is those, it's that bigger one. It's those for whom you show affection and care. Maybe you have students or patients or neighbors or teammates. It's those ones you, you consciously show affection and care to. The second thing I notice is that the influence of your feelings gets smaller. So Eros is all about your feelings. And as we come inwards to storage, it's more about choosing to love. But the interesting thing is the, the love word here in the passage, the love that Paul says is the fruit of the Spirit, is, is agape love. Um, and again, you may have heard this before, but it, this is the love for everyone. It's no longer about our emotional feelings that we found in Eros. It's agape is the conscious decision, which is born of the Spirit to love. To love even the unlovable. It becomes an overriding principle in our lives to, to give out agape love in every circumstance. And this can only happen when we're filled with the Spirit. We come into a, a greater awareness of that notion that he must increase, I must decrease. Your ways are bigger than my feelings. And I, I think, actually, for me, I, when I sort of began writing and thinking about this, it, that was a release. Because thank goodness, thank goodness that God's work outworking in my life does not rely on how I feel today. That's a, that should be a freeing thing, a releasing thing, that his ways are greater than my feelings. So the next question I kind of asked is, what does this look like? What does this agape love look like in reality, in action? And I thought of three things. I thought, number one, spirit-born love has a reputation um, when I was near the time of um, our son being born, uh, the midwife asked me whether I would have people around me to kind of help, cook meals, etc. And I began to sort of say, well, I'm part of a church, thinking I was going to have to explain uh, the community. And her face immediately lit up and she said, oh, which one? I was like, oh, okay. And she, I said, oh, New Life Church. And I know New Life Church. She cut me off. You'll be well looked after. And uh, it turns out, Tunbridge Wells being a fairly small town, that many of us women in the church had had the same midwife. And uh, our church community had gained a reputation. We'd gained a reputation that we would take care of one another, we would feed each other, we would do the cleaning, you know. That they had learned through meeting these women that there was a reputation that the church community would take care of each other. So spirit-born love gains a reputation. Spirit-born love has an impact. Uh, there's a woman in our church uh, who would be 
mortified if I, she knew I was talking about her, but she is just the most incredible woman who exudes love. Um, it radiates out of her. You can't come away from a conversation with her without feeling like you've experienced the heart of God for a moment. And uh, towards the end of the last lockdown, she knocked on our door and handed me a gift card for Cook, which is, I don't know if you have Cook on the island, but it's like um, a ready meals shop. So it's posh food that's already done for you. Um, And she handed me a a voucher and just said it's kind of um, a thank you for all Nat and I had done. Um, I'd done the kids on Zoom throughout the pandemic and Nat had... um, done everything else. <laughs> he did, uh, got us online, got us out there, got uh, people being able to watch us. But, um, you know, it was a wonderful gesture that made me feel very loved and, you know, I was very grateful and thanked her very much. Anyway, time moves on and uh, another friend at the church mentions to me how she and her husband are treating themselves to cook meals as like date night every Saturday um, because she had a voucher and we gave each other a little look and we quickly worked out same giver then another friend mentions how their family they've got a large family they're all dressing up posh they're having a a kind of a family night where they're pretending that they're in a posh restaurant because they're using food from cook with a voucher. Uh, more friends last week alone tell me they've saved the cook voucher they've been given to use this week moving into their new house because my friend is um, five, six months pregnant. They've just moved into their new flat and they'd saved it so that they could have some meals the night of moving in with a voucher. We all look at each other. Is that? Is that? Yes, saying giver. (laughs) You know, the impact of this love, it was a generous, selfless, kind gift of love, was wide-reaching. And she would be the first to say, oh, it's just, it's just. It isn't just. Because so many people then took that small act of love... And used it to impact their lives. It impacted relationships in date nights. It impacted families by having to have a family, being able to have a family meal. It's impacted their health and well-being because they can let themselves off cooking for a night. You know, it's had an impact. And, you know, so love makes an impact. And the third thing that I thought about spirit-born love is that it leaves a legacy. Um, About two years ago, we lost a very dear friend of ours. She passed away suddenly and unexpectedly. Um, And uh, through the season of grieving that we went through as a church, culminating in her Thanksgiving service, a number of stories came out, as you expect, as you remember someone And again and again and again, a person from her family, her church, her work, her wider experience, her lifetime, they told stories of her, how she stopped to listen, 
to care, to give advice, to serve, how well she loved. And uh, I came away from that Thanksgiving service really actually challenged about what my own legacy would be. I, I remember thinking that day, gosh, I, I hope I'm remembered for how well I love. And I was stirred to stir myself. And the thing is, I was thinking about it in terms of this passage, that that's what happens, you know, love leaves a legacy that then fruit bears more fruit, doesn't it? And that's what we have talked about, that it, it creates more. It leaves this legacy. And, and I was thinking about what links these three, these three, our church community and my two friends, what links, how, they, am I doing something that's making this funny sound? No? Is it my waving around? No? Okay. <laughs> that's fine. I'll just ignore it then. Um, and I was thinking about how they, you know, how did they express this agape or ag- agape, I don't know how you say it, love so well. How do we, how do we recreate, how do we produce this fruit of love? And the answer that really I came to as I was praying and, and preparing was that fruit is not achieved by working, but by abiding. Um, I really felt um, this verse come to me for us all um, this morning as I was thinking about this. Um, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch... Um, that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him He it is that bears much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered and thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you will bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. And again, I was like, here is freedom. Because agape love can seem like such an effort, because it's about a choice, a decision. It's not about a feeling. And it can seem like we need to do. You know, my friend who went round and blessed people with that, that gift card, it can seem like our oh, sacrifice of money, our oh, sacrifice of time. She doesn't drive. She will have walked around the town and literally knocked on people's doors. But that's not what it's about. It's because she, as someone I know well, abides in the Father. She abides. She abides in the Word. The Word is in her and through her. And it will just come out because of that. 
And isn't that freedom that all we have to do? And I thought, great, what Meg said and Ashley shared. I was like, yes, that's in my talk. Um, (laughs) We just have to be in that security, in the Father, in his place. And he will fill us. And here's the image. God is the vine dresser the skilled gardener, the one who watches and shapes and cultivates. Jesus is the vine. Outside of him, there is no life, no fruit, no connection with the vine dresser. And we are the branches. We depend on the vine for life, for growth. And we get this by being fused to him. And Once we're connected to Jesus, I know you know this because you've been talking about this, as the branch to the vine, then the life or the energy or the spirit can flow through the vine to the branches to produce fruit. We have to be fused to Jesus, one with him, to be producing good fruit. That is all that we are being asked to do to produce this fruit of the Spirit is abide in me. Come to me. Commit to me. Hear my words and connect to me. And he says, you know, apart from me, you can do nothing. But with him, we can do everything, can't we? Isn't that amazing? So we must trust the vine dresser, the father, to prune. And um, I thought that was a really interesting thing because I used to read this verse as quite a condemning, heavy verse, that if you don't produce fruit, if you don't bear the fruit, you're going to get cut off. (laughs) You know, you're going to be thrown into the fire. And actually, the more you read and the more I've learned that it's not us who is cut off, but it is the things in us that are not of God. And um, what's really interesting is, as I was um, reading commentary on this passage, that the word prune here is actually the same as the word that's in the verse cleanse or clean. You are clean. And so actually, it's actually a promise that he will make us clean. That if we are in Jesus and we commit and we give ourselves to that vine dresser, he will come and cleanse anything that is not of God. Anything that doesn't bear fruit, he will come and shape and protect and mold us. And that's our safety net. That is our safety net to move in the spirit, to bear the fruit, because he promises, I'll come and and clean anything that is not of me. I will come and strip that back so you can bear more and better fruit. And I think, again, there is freedom. There is freedom to move in the Spirit because he promises he will protect us. He promises he will cut off what's not of him. And so, kind of coming into land here, that's a Tunbridge Wells New Life Church phrase for you, coming into land. Um. How and why do we love? What does it look like? I'm going to John 4, 7. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. 
Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. In this love, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. In this love, not, uh, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation of our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. By this we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us of his spirit. And we have seen and testify that the Father has sent his Son to be the Saviour of the world. I could keep going and going and going, to be honest, in this passage, but I am going to stop there. I really encourage you to actually go and read 1 John 4, because that sums up in the fruit of the Spirit. But if I may, I just really want to pray for us. Father... Help us to abide in your Son. Fuse us again to the vine, that we may have the Spirit flowing through us, that we may bear good fruit. God, thank you that you do not ask us to strive. You do not ask us to work harder. You do not ask us to try better to love others. You just say, come to me. Come rest in my presence. Father, would you, just as we prayed earlier, God, again, 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 teach us to rest in your presence. Teach us to absorb your word. Teach us to abide in you. Know you fully. And then, Father God, would we bear good fruit? Would we bear the fruit of love? Would we bear it in a church community setting, encouraging one another, strengthening one another, building each other up? Would we bear it in our communities that we would spread that love of God as wide as we can? And Lord God, would we bear it across the nations from here to Burundi, to beyond, to the ends of the earth, would we bear that, that fruit of the Spirit? Would it go out that the fruit may bear more fruit, may bear more fruit, may bear more fruit for the glory of your name, Father, for the glory of your Son, that it may proclaim, just as it is in those crops, that the fruit proclaims your name. It proclaims the name of Jesus. Father, we love you and we bless you and we we come to you again to abide in you. Amen. so proud (laughs) oh wow oh thank you lord